0: Learned to use our mobile devices a little more than ever recently. Um, this week actually marks 145 years of the telephone call that Alexander Graham Bell first made, March the 10th. March the 10th is that anniversary date. Some of you, that's a, <clears throat> that's a blessing. You love the phone. Other of you, that's a curse because you hate the phone. I don't know where you fall on the grid of phone enjoyment. I don't know. I, you know, I've got a few people that I know that love the telephone. A few people. They just absolutely love it. My my mother-in-law loves the phone. She's she's just moved to the cell phone. Maybe I told you this before. It's not in my notes, but it's coming to my mind right now. I remember when when Kathy and I were first thinking of a gift to get her for Christmas. Because how many how many have trouble finding gifts for the people that are closest to you? Sometimes it's just a little bit of a challenge there. Well. Kathy said, I, I think that we should get mom a cell phone. I said, Kath, whatever it is, we're not going to spend a lot of money on it because it's going to go in the drawer and it's never going to get used. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I said lifeline, that may, that may accurately describe that, that gift. And, and I, I'd have to say that over the last year, for a lot of us, our phone have become fairly indispensable. Our mobile devices, our the ability that we've had to connect when we're disconnected, the ability that we've had to, to kind of interact has become very, in, uh, technology has really helped us so much with that. And, and how many would say that you've used mobile devices a lot more in the last year than, than you ever thought that you would? Zoom calls, and, and whether it's FaceTime, that, that you've had the opportunity to, to bolster Apple's Revenues a little bit, uh, uh, you know, our, our phone lines, all those things. We've become we've become so attached to this, haven't we? The, just the opportunity that it presented when we were disconnected, the the opportunity that we had to reach out. The the old MBTEL commercial, reach out and touch someone by call, by fo- by phoning them, by getting a hold of them, and and uh, you know that we would have that opportunity. Uh, Far more than we ever had imagined. We see it in our church. We see that we're reaching out beyond the borders of our church walls by way of video conference and video casting and people that have never webcasted before, they're doing it now. And I even saw the Queen, the Queen, the queen of England uh, made history by, by making her first ever public video call. She, she was a part of a panel that was discussing caring people in charge of care of others, and, and she got on a video conference call, and right there, you can see the Zoom windows, and right there, the Queen of England, our Queen, right in the middle of that, that Zoom frame. And, and I listened to a little bit of that conference that, that she attended, and she was part of, and they were dialoguing back and forth, and, and it was just, you know, it was quite remarkable that even the Queen just decided that that's probably the best way for me to communicate and connect, but... We've all become very connected to our phones. Why? Because it represents the call. The call that we need to make. It represents the call that we're waiting to receive. It represents a call that we've got, we've got, to, we've got to take a, the opportunity and, and make because that may be the only way that we can connect. The call has become very important as as much as you love the phone or as much as you hate the phone I think we all could agree that the call has become very important to us it's our means of communication it's our means of connection and and I'd like to just kind of take a step back in scripture and and the first time that that the word call was used in scripture you find it in Genesis chapter 1 and 3 to 5 it's God and he's speaking about his creation And he said, let there be light. We know that that's there and and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good and God divided the light from the darkness. And then the Bible makes this distinction. God had already created it. God had already, it had already been in his mind and then he spoke it into existence. But even though he had spoken it into existence, it didn't know what it was. It didn't understand what it possessed. It, it didn't under, understand the power that, that it had. But God, the Bible tells us that God called the light day. God defined what light was. Light didn't understand what it was. Light couldn't come into its purpose or its being until God said, let me make a declaration. Let me make the call here. I'm going to make the judgment call. I'm, I'm going to make the ruling. Light, you are day. And, and light became what it was because God defined it, but because God called it. God called light, and it became light. God called darkness, darkness, and, and that definition was made. If you looked in the original language, you'd find that 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 word means to be bidden, to called for, called forth, called upon, to cry unto to give a name unto to preach to make proclamation to pronounce and to publish you see light didn't understand what it was until god said light here's what you are you don't understand how powerful you are you don't understand what you possess you don't understand the potential that lies within you but before you ever become to that place of understanding i'm going to make a declaration so you can become that you are light light you're going to bring life light You're going to become a symbol of me. Light, you're going to allow the earth to function. You're going to allow vision and sight to be to be to occur you're, you're going to bring production to the plants and photosynthesis to the trees light you're not darkness you're different you're not the same thing light you're not able to become anything more than you are but you're never going to be anything less than you are light you're going to move at the speed of light light you're going to have power and potential light you're going to be able to be confined and focused and, and build authority you're going to you're going to be that laser that can cut or you're going to be that gentle wash of sunlight that brings ability and opportunity light you don't know what you are yet but let me call you forth let me allow you to come out of the rest of creation you are light can I remind somebody in the room this morning that God has called you too And until God calls you, you will never realize what you are. You'll never realize the potential that lies inside of you. The same way that light couldn't become what God had had defined it and designed it to be until he called it is the way that we are. God called you. God called Every person in the room before we begin to kind of look at our neighbor and say, well, I wish that I had to call that he has. I, I wish that I had to call my life like Pastor Woodward has. I, I wish I had to call my life like Daniel Hernandez has. I, I wish I had to call my life like Fred has. I wish I had that call before you go kind of taking a look around and, be, and begin to think that, that God's just kind of selected a few people to be called. Can I remind everybody that God has called every single one of us, every one of you, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, God has his call on your life. And it's not a coincidence that we're sitting in this room this morning because God wanted somebody to know that his call is on your life and he's about let ready to allow you to become what he created you to be. But you've got to understand that God's call is on you. Jeremiah didn't know. Jeremiah was still hiding behind all of his inabilities. Jeremiah was hiding behind his age, his youth. Jeremiah was hiding behind all of the excuses that he could summon to, to kind of tell God, God, I, I can't become what you're, what you're calling me to be. But, but the Bible is very distinct. It says that the word of the Lord came. And it said, before I formed you in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. He said, Jeremiah, you don't understand that before you were even born. Before you ever came into existence in the earth, my call was on your life. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. That before you were even born, God's call was on your life. God's call was there. Jeremiah, he had a ton of excuses. Then said I, Lord God, can't speak. I'm a child. But God said, say not. I am a child. For thou shalt go to all that I send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. He said, don't worry about it. I got the words you're going to say. I've I've got the opportunity. It's going to present itself. I'm raising you up. Be not afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear rule the day. Don't be afraid of their faces. For I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plan. Doesn't sound like a weak youth to me. Doesn't sound like someone with inability. Doesn't sound like somebody that can't. That sounds like somebody, God said, oh, you're leaning on your own ability. You're leaning on the arm of flesh. You're you're leaning on what you see in the mirror. Don't look there. That's not where you're going to find it because I'm going to call you out. Jeremiah, you don't even understand what you're going to become. You don't understand that your word's going to get penned into a book, and that book is going to bring revelation and understanding for generation upon generation. Jeremiah, you don't know it, but I'm going to use you to prophesy to this nation but I've called and separated. Jeremiah, you don't see it yet. But my call is on your life. Someone needs to know this morning. You don't see it yet. But this simple word from a simple preacher today has come to let you know. My call is on your life. A resounding amen in the room tells me that too many of us are just like Jeremiah. Oh, not me, Pastor. I got, uh, not me. I'm too young. Not me. I'm too old. Not me. I'm not smart. Whoa. Hold up. If God's calls on your life, he's going to put his word in your mouth. If his word is in your mouth, that's all that you need. You don't need anything else. I'm going to back up. Everybody with me? It's warm in here? Or is it just me? Somehow I think someone just said it's just you. (laughs) You're right. I'm about ready to grab that water bottle and dose. Someone back up with me and realize God's call is on my life. I need someone. You know what? Say it behind the mask. None of us can see it. Somebody say it. God's call is on my life. God's call is on my life. God's purpose, God's kingdom resides in me. God's plan and God's purpose is going to work through me. God is going to use me. Why? Out of the almost 7 billion people in the world, has God reserved us for this time, in this day, in this age, to accomplish his purpose, to see the greatest revival that our world has Ever seen to watch God usher in great authority, great power? Why are we in the midst of a pandemic worldwide? But a church is still rising up. Why? I'll tell you why. Because God has called you. That's why God has called you. And I don't know, I still feel the resistance in the spirit. God's calling isn't just for missionaries, ministers, apostles, pastors, evangelists, prophets, and teachers. That's not where God's call rests. God's call rests on everyone that's a part of the church. Everyone that's a part of the church that's brand new. Everybody that's a part of the church that's been in this for 50 or 60 years. God's call is on your life. God called. God called. I'll, I'll go through it quick. God called the church in Rome. Paul said, you're called to be saints. First Corinthians, the church at Corinth under the church of God, which is at Corinth to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus called to be saints. That's God's call. Someone say, that's my call. That's my call. Here's your call right here, right there. God's calls to you God has called every one of us to be saints and if God has called you to be a saint don't stoop to be a king if God has called you to be a saint don't stoop to be anything else if God has called you to be a saint that's God's call on your life God's call God called the church in Ephesus. you can read about it 118 God's call is on our lives today you have too many people that are living without understanding about what God has called them to be what God has called them to be. God's call is here in the room right now. As a matter of fact, I'm just pausing because I'm, I feel like I'm just kind of wrestling a few things in the supernatural. So if you would with me, would you just lift a hand and say thank God for my calling. God, I thank you for what I'm hearing this morning. I thank you for how you're moving and how you're working. God, I thank you for that press that we feel. God, because you have a purpose. Come on. Spirit of the living God, would you do that work? God, that Holy Ghost unction, would you allow it to occur in this room? That quickening of your spirit, would you let it happen right now? God, allow someone to step over doubt. God, allow faith to reside where fear was i pray god right now that that someone would rise up from this room a different person than one that came in i pray father for our overflow i pray for somebody that's watching with us online right now lord your spirit is calling in this place your presence is pulling somebody out of the darkness god you're pulling somebody out of fear you're pulling somebody out of a cavern of doubt god you're pulling this morning Anointing of God, rest, destroy every yoke of bondage. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It was that call that came to those churches that transformed them. We have the Bible because men and women realized that God's call was more than just a letter from a a preacher somewhere. God's call was more than a letter from an apostle. It was the word of God challenging them to be the church that God had separated for their day, for their age, in the midst of challenge, in the midst of uh, authority that was pressing and pushing down upon them. That church rose up. Despite obstacles, despite Rome that didn't want it to exist, despite uh, opposition from many of the uh, the religious of the day, against all of that, God's church just kept rising to the surface. Let me tell you why. Because God's call was on those people. And if God's call is on your life, you can't stay behind. You can't stay back. God's call. You know, you wonder why... We fight some of the risks. Just so you know, we understand. We work along with all of the rules. We trust people that God has put in authority. We trust people. Well, we pray for people that God has put in authority. Let me just fix that. We pray. We pray for those people. We abide by the rules, regulations, and restrictions. Can I just, let's get it on the table. We're, we're part of the solution, not part of the problem. But let me tell you what we do fight against. We fight against the fact that this has impacted the church. That's why Pastor just kind of brings that up in prayer meeting. We're going to pray from the western side of Canada. We may be here on the eastern side of Canada. They may still just be, you know, they may just be getting their morning coffee right now. But here's what I know. We're praying that God would move from east to west. We're praying that God's power and God's authority would begin to rest. And, and, and this is why, because, because if it impacts the church I heard different people say the devil's in the details. The devil's not in the details, but he, he is in division. And if it's dividing the church and it's trying to divide the purpose of the church, then get, get real, folks. The devil's behind it somewhere. Now, somebody may be a pawn ignorantly. They may not even know it. They may. I don't know. But here's what I do know. If we pray, God's purpose is going to be fulfilled. God's plan is going to come into being. I'm not, I'm not waging war against government. We're not. But here's what I do know. That God's purpose for the church is going to be realized. God's, pur- God's church is more important than government. God's church is more important... God's church is just more important. That's what this whole book is about. It's about the church. It's about why God created the church, how God created the church, the purpose and the plan of the church. Pastors preaching about it on Wednesday night. We are the bride of Christ. And so when there's division that comes against the bride and when there's destruction that comes against the church, you better be sure that you want your shepherd to stand up and say, hold on a minute, something's dividing the flock. So we're going to celebrate when we hear about yellow phase. That's the closest to a dance as I get. We're going to celebrate. As a matter of fact, when we heard that we we could go to 100, we did. We showed it yesterday. Tore out the coffee corner. It gone. You can go over there right now. You can't actually you can't go over there right now. But the rest of you, that are over there right now, the beautiful burgundy carpet on the floor in the foyer was where the coffee corner used to be, but we tore it out. Why? Because we can get a few more people in church next Sunday when we're allowed to get together. That's why. And you better be sure. We'll get rid of a few seats where people had coffee to sit more people in church because church is the priority. It's the preeminent purpose of God. In our world. Well that came out of nowhere. Where was I? God's call. God's called is on the church. Let me skip down. Adam. Adam and Eve fell in the garden. I've talked about this for two weeks. So please don't check out. Well, we talk a lot about the fall, but often we don't mention that with the fall came the call. The call. It wasn't just light that God called. If you'll skip down through the verses to chapter 3, you'll find that Adam and Eve, in the midst of their failure, in the midst of their lowest point, in the midst of them being condemned by the sin that they had done, it said that they heard the voice of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the first thing that they did is they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees in the garden. And the Lord God called. This is what happened. You see, when we hid, when we hide, when we separate ourselves from the when we begin to feel like I can, I'll never be. I, I won't. When, when we get to that place where our sin condemns us, where our sin separates us from God, and our decision, how we handle it, is we hide. That's what we do. That's what, we, that's what humanity does. That's why we hide sin. That's why sin happens in secrecy. Because we love to hide when sin comes into our life. But don't ever forget it that when Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees in the garden, you watch what the next verse says that the next verse says, and the Lord God called in the midst of them hiding. They were, getting, they were just getting out of the way. I, I, they're, they're just kind of covering up. And the voice of God where, where they had resided, the voice of God that was the time when they most looked forward to in the day, all of a sudden was the thing that sent them running for cover, sent them hiding in the midst of the stuff. Can I, can I just remind us that we are the same way? Humanity has not changed in over 6,000 years of history. We still do the same thing. We run and hide. But when we go off and hide in our own little place, let me tell you what happens. God says, hold on a minute. You're not where you should be. I'm going to call you out. Jack, where are you at? Jack, it's time to come out of hiding. Jack, I know. Where are you? God calls us in the midst of our condemnation. God calls us in the midst of our failure. God calls us to that place. God knows where we are. He wasn't questioning Adam because he didn't know where Adam was. He wanted Adam to realize where he wasn't. Adam, you're not in the right place. Adam, you've fallen. Adam, your your condemnation is pushing you away. Your sin has separated us. Adam, come back. God's call wasn't to condemn Adam. God's call was to pull him back to communion with God. That's what God called. And that's why God still calls. God's call is in the room this morning. Because he's calling us back. When Adam's failure was saying you're finished, when Adam's sin said you've fallen, you can't get up. When Adam's sin said you're wrong, it's declaring death over Adam. While it's in the midst of that declaration, God calls. Adam, 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 where art thou? He calls because he was calling Adam back. Adam, I'm not finished with you yet. Don't believe the lie. Don't believe what the devil's peddling right now. I'm not finished with you yet. I know we said death comes when sin comes, but but I'm not finished with you yet. I'm not leaving you where I found you. I'm calling you. I'm not declaring your death. Satan's already written out the death certificate, but I'm not finished with you yet. God's call still comes. There's a way back to communion this morning. There's a way back to life. There's a way back to hope. And it happens when we respond to the call. That's the power of God's call. You see, sin, we know it brings disconnection, we know it brings separation. Division, let's use that word again. But God's call is about restoring communion. Come back. We can come back to the music this morning. I mentioned already, but we frequently address the challenges of the pandemic because, uh, I mean, it, it just, it throws us off. We're leaning on the Holy Ghost to help us and we have word of wisdom and word of knowledge. We've got the gifts of the Spirit that that operate. We've we've got that. It's it's happened, it's happening. It happens, but it still throws us off because you'd be surprised that if you aren't in two services, how many of us notice when we're all able to be together in this church service? You say, Well, they're not gonna notice out of four or five hundred people that attend on a Sunday, they're not gonna notice who's in church. Can I just tell you, we do. You won't believe it. Sometime around Monday afternoon, you think, you know what? It's been at least a couple of weeks since I saw so-and-so. It's been a, you know, I wonder what's going on. Or that little, that little unction comes and you're like, hey, can you check in on? That happens. And so, and so it pulls us off track when we only get to see through this year, this 10 people in a room or 25 people in a room, 50 people in a room or 50 people in two rooms over the course of a few weeks. And and then you're like, I don't know who was where, when, what. And you're kind of spinning in circles and you're checking in. Hey, were they, were they in overflow? Were they, how are they doing? What's going on? You get all that happening. It's not even the chance. We don't even get the, the privilege of leaving I guess next week we will. Leaving the 99 to find the one because we're only leaving the 49 to look for the one that's missing. But the call of the Spirit is coming into this room this morning because here's the thing. God knows where you are. And God's call still comes and God says, where are you? Where are you this morning? Where where are you in your relationship with god where where are you in your walk with god in this end time you did run well but who did hinder you where are you where where are you this morning where are you on that on that gra- gradient scale of relationship with god where are you at are you close are are you connected are you are you talking with him are you in communion because i i felt the power of god coming in this room and, and i felt god challenge me to preach this very clearly today because somebody you don't even realize where you are you're hiding you're hiding because the pandemic creates incredible convenience and complacency loves convenience it loves opting out it loves it loves the the option to just kind of miss the mark and 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 everything's in flux. And everything's in motion. I can get, I can get away with it. I can, I can slide by. I can slip through the cracks. I can, and God is saying, no, 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 no. I, I know exactly where you are. In the same way that God's call came into the garden. God's call just moved into 71 Downing Street. And God's saying to somebody, where, where are you this morning? Where are you? What's your focus? Where's your vision leading you? Are you, are you determined? Has anybody got your mind made up? You're going all the way with Jesus. Anybody this morning? Anybody got your mind made up? Ain't nothing gonna separate me from the will of God. Nothing's gonna come between me and God's purpose. God's plan. anybody got your mind made up this morning? God's looking for some. I'll tell you why. God's call is at the, at work in this room because He is looking for that church today to join with you. Would you stand together with me? I was in my office early this morning and I began to listen to this song. It just simply said step out of the shadows, step out of the grave, break into the wild and don't be afraid. Run into wide open spaces, grace is waiting for you. Dance like the weight has been lifted, grace is waiting. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. There's freedom in this room this morning. And that call, that simple call of God to somebody today is to come into communion with Him. We celebrate communion. We we take communion together. We have those emblems, the, the juice and the cracker, the, the bread and the body the juice the the blood of calvary and we take those emblems and and we receive them why because we want we want to be sure that we are in communion. We are connected. We are, we are part of God's purpose and plan for our life. We take communion because the blood is enough. We take communion because it's powerful. It's greater than sin. It's greater than our struggle. It's greater than all of that. That's why we take communion. Can I remind us that communion just isn't something we do January 1st or New Year's Eve or something that we take bef- sometime through the year. We put it on the calendar so that we don't forget to do it as a church family. That's not that's not what it's about. It's about connecting. Connecting with God. It's about coming into communion with Him. And God's simple calls in this room this morning to challenge us to come back into communion. If you're hiding, if you're running, if you're away from God today, the call is to come back to communion. That's the call of the King this morning. You're going to hear a great word from God tonight. Pastor Matt gave me a little insight into the sermon. It's going to be terrific. But God's not finished what he wants to do here this morning. I'm wondering if we would just pause as we're gathered together. There's there's opportunity when we pray together. There's something powerful that happens. There's, there's a reason why God has called us out. The church, the ecclesia, the called out ones. There's a reason that we're all here this morning together. It creates a powerful supernatural, spiritual opportunity. And I'm wondering if we would just take a moment and we would open our spiritual ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Would you pray together with me? Lord, we're asking that you would lead us. God, We feel that, just that swell of hope that's rising in somebody's life this morning that they don't have to stay defeated. They don't have to stay down. But God, you have hope. God, you've got strength. Your call is coming to bring them out of the darkness. God, your call is coming to separate them unto yourself. Your call is coming because you have a plan for their life. Your call is coming today because like Jeremiah, while you formed them in the womb, God, your purpose, design, your call was on their life today. I ask that... Lord, your voice would be heard clearly in the midst of everything that's happening in this moment. Spirit of the living God, would you move, God, between chairs? Would you move in overflow? Would you move in somebody's living room right now? God, would you move by way of teleconference, by way of telephone, God, by way of this video, webcast, however you're going to choose to move this morning? I pray that you would move that way, but let there be a clear call that happens in the room today. God, declare someone's purpose. God, declare somebody's path. God, declare your divine design over their life this morning. We pray it in your powerful name. If you're with family, would you just pray together for a moment? It doesn't have to be loud, it doesn't have to be... But if you're a part of your bubble, if you're together, would you just kind of lay hands on one another's shoulders, and I I ask that you begin to speak God's purpose and God's plan over one another's life. Someone preach God's promise over your neighbor, your, your spouse for a moment. God just begin to declare what you want them to become today, God. Let your voice be heard. God, call us, call us, God, call us, call us, call us to separate us, God, call us into purpose today, call us out of hiding, call us, God, from our defeat, call us, Jesus, out of sin, call us this morning, that you call me in this room today, call us this morning, Amém. me.